If you have your Bibles, if you'd open up to uh, Luke uh, chapter 24, it's one of the uh, narratives of the resurrection. We had a couple of young people up here a few minutes ago at the beginning, and they uh, read uh, Luke 24, uh, 1 through 12. And we're going to look at uh, another narrative that happens, oh, it's hard to tell, maybe two or three hours uh, after the resurrection, uh, Jesus appears to two disciples. We're not, we are sure about the first one because the text tells us in verse 18, it's Cleopas. But we're totally clueless, I'd say, totally clueless as far as who the second person is. It could be a disciple. It could be a woman. It could be a teenager. Uh, we, we have no idea at all who the second person in the narrative is. And what's meaningful to me about that is that there's room for me in this narrative. The second person could be a shot Irishman, you know, that's a little pudgy. It, it, could, it could be someone like that. It could be a teenage gal. It could be, it could be an older man. It could, there's space within the narrative for me to find home. And there's space in the narrative for God to speak to me. When I look at all the resurrection narratives or stories that the Bible has, this one is the most meaningful to me because it talks about two people that, well, they've heard that Jesus has been raised from the dead. If Take a look at the text with me. It, it says that in verse 22 and 23 and 24, it says, some women of our company they amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. They didn't find Jesus' body. They saw some angels, but they didn't see him. They didn't lay eyes on him. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this morning, and we pray, Lord, that you'd speak to our hearts, and Lord, that you'd encourage us. On this Resurrection Sunday, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So back to the story. So they didn't see Jesus at all. And they were kind of experiencing confusion, like, what's happening? They were experiencing confusion and they, they were experiencing a loss. That Jesus is gone. Their expectation was that, hey, he said on the third day he would rise again. But we don't see him. We've, we've heard. But we haven't laid eyes on him. And they decided this. They would just go home. They would just go home. And what we see in the text is, all the emotions that go along with losing someone. 
their emotions were that they had lost hope. We, we can see that in verse 21. But they say this, but we had hope that he was the one to redeem Israel. We, we hoped something would happen, and, and we've talked about this a lot as a church. You know, what was that hope? Well, they, they wanted a, a conquering Messiah, and what did they get? They got a suffering servant who died on the cross, and, but we, we had hoped for that. And it's now the third day. They were bewildered by it all. In life, all of us experience this type of loss. All of us do. That's why the text is so meaningful to me. All of us are in that place when we lose someone, we're somewhat bewildered. You might say, how's that so, Conway? Well, have you, have, have you ever lost a loved one that died and, and yet you're, you could still hear the person's voice? Are they, are they, are they gone? Are they here? I mean, what, what's, what's the deal? Have you ever had an elderly parent that's slipping away? And they're, they're here, but they're, they're, they're not here. Have you ever had an adult child that is estranged from you? Well, they're mine, but they're not. There's such a loss. And these losses that we experience in life, I, I have the same reaction that these guys had. Jesus comes up, we'll read through the text in a moment. Jesus comes up and he asks them a question. And the text tells us, gosh, they look sad. And what I learned from this text about loss, they lost Jesus' third day. What's the deal? We thought he'd come. We thought he'd restore Israel. But it it hasn't happened. Their responses emotionally are the same ones I have. I, I lose hope. And I get sad. And if you lose someone or spent yesterday afternoon having dinner with my mom, she's 90, and she's slipping away. And it's sad. Being sad is okay. Being in a place of trying to figure things out is okay too. That's why the narrative is so poignant to me. Because on Resurrection Sunday, I usually come and give a, a great, like, we have an amazing party in a sense. And yet many of us have a place in our heart at this time where we're saying, they're here, they're not, they're gone. I hear their voice. How do you make sense out of all that? These guys made sense out of it in two ways. And that's my encouragement to you today. Come to the text with me. We'll look at them. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, 
And they were talking with each other about these things that had happened. What things? The loss of Jesus. And in the midst of sadness, in the midst of loss, they, they, they do two things. What do they do? They're not alone. And when sadness comes to your heart, the remedy for sadness is to be around other people. If you're sad and hard about a loss or a disappointment in life, that's not the time to pull away. How many, you don't have to raise your hand, I do this all the time and sometimes it embarrasses people. But I have a tendency to pull away. Do you? They were friends. And they walked together. What is the second thing they did in the midst of their sadness? They talked. They talked it out. Can you believe it? He's not here. He's, I, we hope for the third day. It's the same thing in real life. We have a person in our life that's slipping away. I, I thought, I wanted... We have people in our life that go home to be with the Lord. Are they really, how do I deal with that? You don't deal with it alone. That's the great truth about this text. Is they dealt with it as friends, and they talked about it, and they tried to make sense out of it. And in, in the midst of that space, Something miraculous happened. Jesus steps into the space that's hopeless, that's sad. Is that rain? Wow. It's a nice effect, huh? The Holy Spirit steps into that space in our heart. And we're, we're hopeless. It brings hope. Where we're sad, he brings grace and comfort. And the Holy Spirit used these two people to do that for one another. It was ordinary. And then a miracle happens. Jesus steps into that space. Come to the text with me. We'll, we'll say, this is a really weird Resurrection Sunday message, isn't it? But this is real life. I mean, this is my life right now. And I need to know his grace. Yeah, come to the text. It says, That very day two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. And while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus, I'm not sure what the right tense here is, Sneaked? Jesus, I'm going to go Medford. Jesus snuck up behind him. And they don't see him. It's not, nothing unusual there. Other people seen the resurrected Christ. Mary Magdalene thought it was the gardeners. Nothing to call attention there. They just didn't recognize him. That'll change in a minute. And Jesus is, get this, Jesus is listening in to their conversation. It's Jesus. You know, the guy who rose from the dead. Come back to the text. 
While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. <laughs> and, he, and he said to them, he's got to have a sense of humor here, huh? And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And you see the text that I've mentioned, their, their emotional state. They were, they were stunned. And they're going to tell us why in the text, why they were stunned. And the text helps us understand they were what? They were sad. Verse 18. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, Are you kidding me? Are you, are you the only person in this area that doesn't understand what has happened? And what does Jesus do? And he said to them, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God, and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified. And then we see what I've already introduced to our talk this morning. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. And besides all this, it is now the third day since they... These things happened, and we've looked at verse 22, we looked at verse 23, we looked at verse 24, and then Jesus says to them, oh, you silly schoolboys, didn't you learn your lesson in school? You know, if you ever interview someone for a senior pastor position of a church, have them read the narrative tells you a lot about how they understand Jesus. Jesus comes to them and says, you silly schoolboys, you're kind of foolish. Don't you, didn't you learn your lesson? Like, and then Jesus gives this amazing Bible lesson where he affirms the authority of the Old Testament. And I believe he started from Genesis 3.15 where the first promise of the Messiah, proto-evangel, comes, where from the seed of a woman will come the Messiah, and then he goes on from there, talking about perhaps how he saved the people from the flood through the ark, and, and about Abraham, and then Isaac saying, where... Where's, where's the sacrifice? That must have been a pretty cool story to hear Jesus. And then he, Isaiah 53 and Psalm 22, all the way through the Old Testament, helping them to understand that Christ's glory came out of suffering. The glory Christ had came out of his sacrificial work. And the guys... Hear this once-in-a-lifetime Bible story, and they, they what? They still don't get it. And they go on. Come back to the text with me. For my visitors, I'm almost done. <laughs> Verse 27, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, 
he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning him. So they drew near to the village to which they were going, and he acted as if he were going further. But the two disciples, they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it, broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were open and they recognized him. And Jesus vanished from their sight. What caused them to see? What happened that caused them to recognize Jesus? Well, the text tells us what it is. If you go down a little farther in verse 39, we'll start in verse 36. And they were talking about these things, another appearance of Jesus. And they were talking about these things. Jesus himself stood up among them and he said to them, Peace. That's my, that's my grandson. That's Rowan. If he bothers you, it's too bad. <laughs> that was a commercial. Back to the text. And they were talking about these things. Jesus stood up to them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your heart? Look at the emotional package that people are experiencing and yet they're in Jesus' presence. They're sad. They're doubting. They're lacking in hope. And yet Jesus is patient with them helps them come to a place where they can see him for who he really is. That's my Jesus. That's how he relates to me. That when I'm doubting, when I don't have hope, when I'm sad at the loss of people in my life or sad at people slipping away, are sad because of relationships, or I'm just plain don't understand the things of God. He is incredibly patient and grace-filled towards me, and he shows me in ways so that I can understand that he is the Lord who gave his life for me, And he loves me. Is that your Jesus? That is my Jesus. The question was, how did they know? We come to verse 39. And Jesus says to them, See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones You see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. 
And what was their response? The same response that you and I have. They can be right in front of us. And yet we can still not believe. That's what the text says. It comes to verse 41. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, do you have a hamburger? Do you have something to eat? And he sat down with them and he had a meal. Every single one of us in this room experiences loss. Every single one of us are going to be sad. Every single one of us are going to be hopeless at times. And every single one of us, if we're honest, are going to be bewildered at times about how God works and how to make sense out of it. What I want to leave you with this morning is that you're not alone. You're not alone in all those emotions. And so don't be alone. Don't separate yourself when you're sad. The remedy for sadness is not separation. That leads to what? That leads to depression. That leads to self-medication. That leads to feeling like you're in a black box and you can't get out of it. But the biblical witness is sad's okay, folks. But if you're sad, don't be alone. Second thing is if you're bewildered and lost of hope or just can't figure things out, don't be alone and don't stop talking. Talk it out. And in the midst of that, here's what my, here's what my God does. He shows up. Amen. And he speaks to my heart. He brings me his hope. Brings me his peace. He brings me his grace. And that's my prayer for you this morning. That on this Resurrection Sunday, that you would meet a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. And if you're hopeless and bewildered and sad, He's going to show up. We get to close our service this morning by remembering Jesus Christ, by taking the bread and the cup, Susie's going to play a piano piece so that you could prepare your hearts. And if you are in any one of those categories, hopeless, experiencing loss in relationship, I just want to say that we, up here, we may look like we have it all together. And I know you're so envious of my tie. But honestly, we're imperfect people that Jesus has just shown up in our life. And because of that, we have hope and peace.